Chris Rock gonna be the reason we gonna blow. Boom. Welcome back to another episode of the Wireheads Podcast. It's your boy Trezale. And I am the SPG. This is another special, special interview we have for you guys today. Um, joining us is an amazing producer, and dare I say, also an artist. But delve into that some more. Um, the Warheads Podcast would like to officially uh, welcome Shays to the pod. Shays, yeah, yeah, welcome, yeah. man. Yo, yo, yo. It's so you, good. Thanks so good to have you, my friend. Yeah, thank yeah. you, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. now nah, for sure, for sure. Now, before we got started, Shays was telling me that, you know, this is not something that he typically does. Like, yeah. you know, he's not really that kind of cat, which I think is all the more reason we need to talk to you because I know you got stories and things that you can share with us. Yeah, for real. Yeah, um, for sure. As I, and as I say, we have questions. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm here to answer them. Okay. All right, yeah. excellent, excellent. Um, you, we um, I, I, it was an interesting introduction that I had because I was, you know, we interviewed Nate, mm -hmm. and did. I was um, I was telling him about how I got into listening to Nate. Um, he had been mentioned to us, I believe, by. Yes. And um, I checked out this cat and um, I saw him on a video somewhere and that's when I recognized him as the, um, the older version of a younger person that I knew from that, that music from back in the day. Correct. Yeah. So when we were doing the um, Nate Wells interview, I decided, let me go and check out what the uh, RLG cast had done back then. Mm -hmm. And when I pulled up the YouTube video and I was looking at the names of the persons that were there, Shiz was there. So, so this man, this man was, this man was bad. Hey. So that's like way back. That's yeah. That's a one. That's a little one, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So um, I guess I'm gonna. So that's how I got to introduced, right? And I started checking out some of your stuff on um, Spotify and so on. Nice man. Yeah, 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 yeah for real, for real. I've been around, man. Well, okay, well, you know, I think so. I guess for I guess for ourselves and for the listeners and the viewers out there. Tell us a bit about how did you find yourself in this zone called music? Um, is it something that came through like your family? Is it something that was just a passion? Is it a recent passion of yours? Tell us tell us how you got into it. Um, I actually got into music because it was just always around me hmm. from my family growing up. Um, my dad had the craziest cassette and CD collection. My uncles. <laughs> yes, he just said cassette. He said cassette, yeah. Literally, um, Walkman days. Like, we, we get it. But um, my uncles, about four of my uncles, they were DJs. Um, so, like, I had the, like, all the time growing up, like, playing around with actual, like, decks and CDJs and stuff. And, oh, wow. um, yeah, man, I just used to, like, go sneak out, take my dad's CDs, go listen to them. And, <laughs> like, that's how I really, really started with music, like, finding my love with music. And, right. like, it became a passion from there. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, as I, just like as a little kid, so it's always been something that you would say that you've been drawn to. Yeah, definitely. And how did that turn into your um, journey right now in the hip hop, you know, space? Like, how did we move into that? <laughs> well, it's a whole bot story because um, before I was producing, even doing like vocals, anything, I was actually DJing first and foremost because like I picked that up from my uncles and um, I used to actually DJ at school and like go do little concerts, little fairs, stuff like that. Oh wow! So um. 
just from that I had like a extensive like reaching music you know just like mm -hmm. learning about all these different artists these different genres like mm -hmm. everything you know so eventually over time I just you know my interest just peaked in uh, music like I started to like dissect it because you know when you're DJing you're focusing on like BPMs, tempos, tempos yeah. and stuff. So yeah. like, I just started thinking about, yo, how did they get this rhythm? How did they mm -hmm. get this groove? That piqued my interest in production. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yo, I wanna, I wanna start making beats. But, I wanna start. But, all right. Well, let me, let me, let me say this to you. I think the best producers are producers that were DJs, because <laughs> they have an ear. They have a sick ear for music, and they know what moves people. I was just about to say that. They know what because, moves people. Because, I mean, people. you were DJing at live events, yeah? At yeah. parties and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So you can see the reaction of the crowd when you change things. You know about the types of sound um, and rhythms, as we would say. Right? I mean, mm -hmm. I, I know it sounds real lame and day when it's just songs and rhythms. Rhythms. <laughs> the rhythms. But, but, you know, <laughs> but um, you kind of know, you, you, you get a feel for what's moving people and what persons are reacting to. Yeah. Definitely, mm. and, yeah. and that and that that would may have that would have guided the well. You as you said, this is what you want to do. I want to be able to get yeah. that done. <clears throat> get that done. Right. But I, I, I gotta ask you though, Shades. It's still a big leap, though. I mean, there are a lot of DJs out there who are happy to be DJs for the rest of their life, right? And then there are those that are like, Nah, there's more out there for me. So like, when you start to dabble in, not to not DJs. Not who, to, not, who do that? Nah, no, <laughs> not to not DJs do your thing. But I mean, like, you know, I, for me, I would think it would be a progression. You know, I play the music and then I want to make music, right? Um, but for you, what was that leap? Because, I mean, that must have been so overwhelming. Like, when the first time I saw, like, Ableton, I was like, what? Fruity Loops or, well, for me, I got Max, so it'd be like Garage Band or something mm. super basic like that, right? <laughs> like, like, how, how did oh. you be like, yeah, I, I can jump into that? Well, that's the thing, <laughs> like, um, just growing up back in school, too, I was more kind of like a computer kind of oh, guy, too, guy. you know, a tacky kind of guy. Like, yeah. I was always like messing around with computers from young to late. So, software just learning about software eventually um i my first program that i was actually on was fl studio FL right this is like fl9 back in the day <laughs> and, um, yeah man like it just started from there then i also had you know from the whole rlg connection my other homies that were there making music so like some of them put me on they're like yo you should check this program out but so I, I just started like experimenting with the software and then I eventually like got into it. Like, you know, I'm like, yo, like this is a whole new universe to me. Like I gotta learn this. I gotta like get into this, you know? Like, yeah. So uh, so so I I just wanna ask one quick question on the on the heels of that. Did you know what type of music you wanted to make? No, <laughs> no, mm. no. Because I'm just a DJ, you supposed mm. to like literally everything. Right? So many, so many mm. things, and it was like I just wanted to experiment. Right. Yeah. Okay. That is interesting because your music has um, so different a feel to it. The stuff that I've listened to. Right. Like there's a there's there there's different stuff going on there. <laughs> there's a lot yeah. going on. <laughs> Um, so like, so when you were, so back in those RLG days, like, were you doing production for any of the stuff that you all did then? Well, not really, kinda, to be honest. I was more like, I was, I was more the ear for the group. Cause it was like, at a certain point, 
I was, you know, managing them and stuff, and uh, I had access to the email where people would send beats and stuff. So I would kind of like pinpoint stuff and be like, "Yo, guys, let's oh, make wow. a song on this," or like, you know what I'm oh, saying? Wow. Mm. So it was like that was my form of production, so to say, but mm-hmm. not actual hands-on. Um, I actually used to mess around too and like hop on the mic and stuff back then, just like having fun, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but yeah, it was more like I was like just kind of listening for certain things and like when we go we'll go to the studio be like yo the you know the guys will ask me shit how does this song and i would like you know kind of yo maybe we should try sing it like this or like give a little input with bars oh, wow. or anything that sounds like they yeah. have real trust in your ear yeah yeah it, well it, because it, it because well, you're giving me some real RZA vibes here, you know, like that. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, you know, that guy that has this feeling like this is what the sound is. Yeah. This is yeah. what how we should rap on it. These are the beats we would. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, all right. Got you. Got you. So I was kind of like integrated in the in the music that way, like just being behind the scenes, just being at the studio, giving my input, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay, so we talked about the RLG connection, but. At that point, you said you didn't produce or create anything. No. So when no, did your creative process actually begin? I mean creative, meaning that you created something and you put it out into the world for consumption. Um, I would say, technically, I would say maybe like 2012, because this is, uh, instead of actual production at that point, I was doing mixes. Oh, you were mixing? Yeah, I was doing actual mm. mixes, and I would record them, and then, like, you know, like, just edit them, and, like, put all my different sound effects and that kind of stuff on them. So, I would say my interest grew in putting out actual content, like music, like that, around then. But then, um, about a year and a half later, like 2013, 2014, was when I actually started like fully being like, yo, I'm producing, I'm gonna put together beats. So it was actually um, a two track project. It was called Five Aside. And yeah, it was really like a beat tape that featured some vocals in between here and there. But um, I like that. That's a cool name, Five Aside. Five Aside, yeah. So basically, like, the concept of it was like a it was basically like a digital cassette mm-hmm. so like you have five tracks and then on side a and then you have side b with another five tracks so it so was, you did that before drip <laughs> <laughs> so drip might not for you our levels are good right who knows our levels are fantastic who knows, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who knows? you want royalty shares who knows but yeah i did that that was 2014 or 15 probably 2014 i believe so like and you and how did you how you actually put that out into the world what, what, how did i you? literally just soundcloud because this is like during that time is like soundcloud was popping was mm-hmm. yeah yeah soundcloud sure. was really like the place to be so yeah that was like really one of my first like official projects i would say like had put out and like you know promoted and mm-hmm. like, kind of give it a push um yeah five aside what was the response people were messing with you yeah yeah it, yeah. it, it was because you know i was before that i was doing production like just putting out people would hear like uh, even old tracks i did with nate around that time people would just hear like production on songs that artists put out right so like they would know like okay shit mates beats whatever but no this was like my first you know release 
and they're like yo like it's cool to actually hear just beats like just your production just the beats alone and that was majority of the feedback i got and do you find that um after you put that out because i know i know we touched on this off air do you find that when you put that out you had you had immediate interest from like other artists how does how does it work i mean do all the artists in barbados you got guys got a group chat how, how does how does that work nah well let me i've, I've been added to group chats that you know having artists and producers and stuff like that but it's usually like you know people would just message you online or mm. if they see you mm. or about you know or if they have a friend that they know would know you or something they would their friend would shout you and be like yo like my boy makes music he want to do something with you blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. so yeah that's how it kind of like would happen like afterward with how um kind of an organic kind of uh, yeah more organic kind of you know like approach to working with other artists like yeah it would just reach out or you know so at this stage are you is everything just like pro bono for the love of getting the music out there or are you like charging for your beats yeah no at that point in time it was really just for the love of it just for the culture just wanted to work just wanted to get better too mm-hmm. at that time in my life i was like on a quest to just like find like my sound so to say because yeah like uh, i always knew i didn't want to be i didn't want to be like a one of those tight beat producers like you know i didn't want to be like somebody that you don't like, want me pinned down yeah yeah, yeah. like i, I didn't want to be put in like a box so to say so i was just like on a quest to like you know just better my craft um learn as much as i can like well you always learning so yeah. say, just continue to like take in knowledge and just yeah man experiment try to like find out what i really liked what i really didn't like you know (laughs) tons of experimentation so like um for you your process is do you start with the concept first like okay so i don't know i don't know do you play Mm -hmm. piano or you start with keys you start with um, um drums or how i mean honestly yeah producer talk i feel like there's a question people get asked a lot for me it's really just whatever i feeling in the moment like at the mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. you know what i mean like there are times i go sit down mm-hmm. i'm like i want to hear something on a particular groove so mm-hmm. i would just start messing around pulling together songs making the drums being like all right now i got this groove let me kind of find some keys or some strings to go with it or maybe a sample or whatever is the case so other times it'll be like i would have like a melody in my mind and i would be like okay like me put this down record it looping it adding on to it maybe add some drums or maybe add some vocals before drums like mm-hmm. is it i really have no fixed like way of, or method of creating it's just correct however it feels, it feels at yeah the time. at the time yeah well i mean i i, I know that you talked yeah. about how djing led you into that it was a very interesting transition about yeah um having a feel for how what people wanted to hear and the, and the energy in the party at particular moments and they want to be a creator of that as opposed to simply a player a of player of it. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. creation which is which is um, a, an awesome transition in terms of mentally where you were going and then how the physically well the actual tangible thing come out so my question is and understanding you're djing but what were the if you would say that you were you know you were searching for your sound Mm-hmm. What were your initial inspirations for sound? Like, are there particular um, genres of music and then artists within those genres 
that you would say were your biggest early influences? Um, I feel like at the time, because that's the thing with my journey in music, it's been, I've been going through different phases over the time. But at that point in time, um, like earlier, my earlier, you know, career of no producing and stuff, it was like, uh, at that time, I was more just influenced by what was around me. Um, 2014, 2015 time, I was living in Canada, actually. Mm. Montreal, it's funny, because I see how yeah, I'm in Montreal. Montreal right? <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I was living in Montreal, and um, that's a very diverse city, you know? Mm. And um, I was just surrounded by so much, like, different cultures and different vibes that you just go down the street and just see a random concert happening. So it was like, just the energy that I was around back then mm -hmm. led me to, okay, I remember going out and hearing this artist and then I would go check out that artist and then from listening to that artist, I see a featured artist or you know, someone in the similar genre, so then I go check them out, and then before you know it, I'm kind of just like delved into this whole, in this genre, or like, you know? So that's how it was. It wasn't exactly particular, but it was mm -hmm. more like, whatever just caught my ear at the time, I would just go check it out, mm -hmm. and go see what I liked, like, you know? That's interesting that it was not so much a genre of music or a particular artist, but like a like an entire cultural mix like mm -hmm. a like a Basically. melting pot of different songs and experiences yeah. that um led to where you were going with it yeah. so, so so would you would you say that um so i mean so or are we gonna fast forward a bit so that was the 20 that was the project you did then mm -hmm. um you did you drop something do you what how did the space what happened between 2014 and 1001 lullabies which, which is, is what we want to move to now 2019 because so many people asked me this question so i was like i was kind of expecting that <laughs> but um yeah man the transition between then was um mainly i had like a very like life-changing experience um 2016 early 2016 i got into a car accident and um got injured really badly like i was just a passenger i wasn't driving i was just a passenger mm -hmm. but like yeah i got injured really badly had to get surgery stuff like that oh, wow. so like um that kind of threw me off my pivot because it was like you know i had so many plans and different things in mind to do and yeah, this thing just happened and literally just, you know, life just humbles you, you know, you like, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, so I had to go through that whole process. And um, yeah, as I said, it was kind of life changing for me, like even just like in general, like, you know, like starting to actually have those life lessons of like losing friends and like seeing who did for you, who ain't did for you, like mm -hmm. them kind of things. So it was just like a whole like you know it, it was literally like a new chapter after that happened for me i felt like mm -hmm. i reached a point and i was like okay i gotta like focus up here you know mm -hmm. um for me around that time was what really f like pushed me to start doing vocals because then i felt like i had so much to say to say you mm -hmm. know and um yeah so that happened and my whole perspective and everything about life i just changed at that point and i just like had this kind of like fire in me like a, you know like i just had this burning passion like yo like i 
gotta go harder like i gotta like just make this music <laughs> yeah so that's that's what happened in between that space and during that time period after you know i was like recovering from that situation and everything like all of these songs just started to like come together yeah one by one and then we had the release of a thousand and one yeah. after if if you don't mind me asking because it might be personal why why that title why a thousand and one other <laughs> nah, that was that's actually funny because um i have a really really good homie that i i would just send him like demos and like beats when i made them you know like he himself he's a creative so we kind of have like that kind of relationship as brethren you know like we just share our works together so i would send him stuff and he'd be he was like this one particular time he was like yo big man this is so crazy this song like this song like a, a real crazy lullaby mm -hmm. and i was like dog well like i got a thousand of these <laughs> like literally i was just like i got a thousand of these like and that was just an actual casual convo you know and then um eventually like as i started to put the project together like it just the it name just, just clicked like, to me yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's cool boom yeah um i noticed that um like uh you had uh, some you had some artists um island levy yeah queen sonnet wells yeah um some artists that you had on um 1001 mm -hmm. i think you you rapped on a track on 1001 yeah well. i did i did yeah. i'm glad you noticed that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um so so I know you said that you know you used to jump on the mic for fun. Yeah. Did you decide, yeah, though, this beat here so it's mic though? Yeah, yeah, that's how it felt in the moment. Cause that track that I was on, um, I made the beat amidst everything else. Like mm -hmm. so, at the time, I was just like you know finding the cohesion with the tracks, and then as I was like listening through, I'm like, yeah, like I can put vocals on this. So I just hopped on it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah, and 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 for your next release, which is nobody safe, you did but more. There was something in yeah. between. You did even the, more than that. Was, the, you had a short, like a like an EP like thing that was about eight tracks or so. After right. last, last chances, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last chances is pretty slapped on, but yeah, that was actually in between. Oh, that was in between. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, was short, it was short. It was like 15, 16 minutes. Long. Yeah, yeah, pretty short. Yeah, like eight tracks. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah last chances. That was uh twenty. 2020 i put that out in 2020 what happened was that actually just came about randomly i i didn't exactly plan to put that out but covid happened covid didn't happen so then it was um pandemic vibes you know you're just home thing and i was like put out something yeah so i had just like put together these tracks that um some i previously had just like sitting on my hard drive like and others it was like okay let me send this to this body let me mm -hmm. do something on this and mm -hmm. i just put that together i think I, I put that together in like uh two three weeks i was just yeah i'm gonna put this up man yeah you yeah. yeah. just be playing all like <laughs> work into the world like it's yeah. crazy so so yeah. i if you don't mind yeah. I, 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 when we now move on to um, Nobody Safe? Nobody Safe. Mm -hmm. Right, okay. So, I noted that a lot of the earlier tracks in, on the project mm -hmm. are just you. Right. So, it seemed like a shift. Correct. Right? Yeah. yeah. From, you know, just the production 
um, to you having something to say, speaking, um, and 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 those tracks have a particular feel and sound to them. Correct. Um, so talk to me about talk to us about what made that change. Why you decided? You know what? You know, like I I'm going to speak now. <laughs> um, just life. Mm. That that's the best way I could put it. Like it's in the like you know it was really just life. Like um. That project was just like an embodiment of like a, as I keep saying, like go through these different phases, you know, so like that was just like a period of time in my life that I had, you know, real life shit going on. And I was like, all right, I got to just say something, you know? Yeah. Um, as you guys could tell, I'm a pretty reserved kind of guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like um, at that point in time in my life too, it was like, okay, you know what I mean? It's time for me to come up step mm. forward and that's how that really came about so also to um <laughs> which now i guess would be a bombshell mm-hmm. in the space after well during me doing last chances the project before nobody's safe um i actually have recorded a whole album i've been doing a working on an album that I hope to release sometime this summer. What? Yeah. So like I literally have a whole album there and on that I was really doing vocals too. So the transition really happened in between there of me working on that other album. Right. And then nobody safe, you know, just like residual stuff that came after that. Yeah. Like, you know. And then I was like, yeah, okay, so now let me separate these tracks and put this here and then I have the album here and so nobody's safe is like that's like your your calling card to these other rappers that you that you hear here, that yeah. you hear yeah pretty much because you know people that's dope, I, you know people that know me from back in the day like how you would have mentioned rog and stuff people that know the history would know that i've always been like doing music so i feel like they've probably been like a certain perception people just put me in this producer box yes but like i wanted no to like show Correct. people like no i'm actually like expressing more i'm an artist like i'm an actual artist, artist this no. correct producer i mean yeah. look at j cole producer artists would be like the, the craziest <laughs> yeah, I mean, like them is the deadly ones except eminem I can't. I can't give. Some, I can't put some controversy in the pod. Yeah, of course. Of course, you can. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I think that I. No, M has been. M has produced a lot of his the the stuff, the work that he raps on. Has he not? I I don't know. Oh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not, you're not, I'm not an M fan. You're not an M fan. No. Right. Well, I was an M fan. Um. But where am I going with this? I'm just saying. Don't that know. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's a producer rapper that I'm like. Come on, dude. Like, I'm really not feeling that that sound that you got going on there. But yes, like, J. Cole is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we, no, we understand. We no, understand. for sure. Um, I do have a question about Nobody's Safe, though. I mean, hearing you on the record is, it feels like your vocals can be very chilling. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you start the, your the intro, which is a spliff in a dream. Right. And I want to know, now that I have you here on the pod, mm-hmm. what's the dream? <laughs> Fair. Fair. You're telling me, you know, yeah, you got a spliff in a dream. Really, the dream for me was just making it out of Barbados at the time. Fair. Fair. So it's like, 
there was a period in time, you know, I was, I was, I was in BIM and I was like, yeah, I don't know, like, BIM nice, BIM is sweet life, you know, mm -hmm. island life, you know island what I mean, life, but yeah. better sweet, but like, I feel like I'm kind of stifled here, mm, right? Yeah. So like, I really just wanted to like, get out of Barbados and just explore more the world, just like yeah. get Feel out that. there and things. So it was like, yeah, I had a split from the dream, mm -hmm. you know, like, that's trying dope. to get out there. That's dope, that's dope. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, it, it, it It's like, um, it, it, my question would be, does it get tiring? Uh, I think we spoke to Nate about this a bit, mm -hmm. where we, um, we, where we looked at, um, you know, how do you deal with knowing that you're in a space where there isn't widespread um, appreciation for it. I mean, I know we, we well, off air, we were talking mm -hmm. about how hip hop is not that niche in Barbados anymore. It's become a lot more mainstream, but it still competes with the other popular, you know, forms of music that are more indigenous to, you know, the Afro-Caribbean experience, you know, mm -hmm. soca, right. dance, all that kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so, but when you decide I go in a particular path, and it's not that I haven't, there are dancehall artists on the project. Um, mm -hmm. um, I can't remember the, the, the cast name um, right now. Um, but I but I did hear one or two guys, right, you know. Right. Um, so we understand that. So and we understand that their fusions and their cross, their little cross fertilization and that type of music and stuff. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that we asked Nate was, how do you grapple with? You know, is there a feeling or is there is there a time when you feel like, wow, I wish that there was um, a broader space for me to flex, mm, you okay. know, my artistry in, you know, or be recognized, right? Um, Cause when you talked about moving out and, and right, not right. I, to I feel like maybe routine. like back in the day, it was it would have been like something that I would think about and be like, damn, like you know. But yeah, more so recently, I kind of feel like I'm just indifferent to that. Cause mm -hmm. like I just believe now that like yo like whatever is meant to be will be mm, basically. Better. Right, and I'm not in it just trying to do it for like the flats or anything like that. I genuinely just like making music. So for me, it's like, yeah, regardless of if 300,000 people see this or not, or two people hear this or not, yeah. I'm making this and I'm putting it out because this is a part of my craft and this is something that I want to share. So. Yeah, we're just like, yeah, that's my, that's honestly my, mm -hmm. you know, uh, attitude, I guess, toward that kind of that's stuff. That's powerful, here. man. Yeah. That's really powerful because... Because, sorry, not to tell no, you, no, but, go ahead, go. but for me, it's like, you can't really study it too too hard because, as I said before, you know, it's Barbados. And what you can do, <laughs> you, can, you can just sit down and study it and kind of just, you know, I guess be, have a fear or be stifled by it, or you yeah. can just create and just yeah. try to push outside of that. Yeah. So that that's how I kind of like, you know, thought about it in my head and I was like, yeah, like, it's whatever. Uh, yeah. Man, yeah. let me move. You, you were gonna? No, I guess, no, I my follow-up question was just that if you, because cause you answered and said that you know you just gotta you just gotta get on with it right, right. um so for you where are your sights set and i think we would have asked nate a similar question to this if if we if we we all agree that 
you know, are we, we're not expecting that we get that recognition here locally. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then what, what drives you, what compels you to keep being motivated to keep putting it out? Um, because at the end of the day, I mean, I don't, I can speak for myself with this pod. What motivates us is artists such as yourself mm-hmm. and the audiences that actually really care about the music. So lesser so the metrics and the views, but more the people that we're touching. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I just wanted to know from your perspective, what then would be your, your end goal? Is it, is it that you want to be like, have like a, a crazy underground career, like MF doom or like, what would it, like, what, you know, or what is success really looking like for you? Mm. In that regard, I feel like, yeah, I just, for me, music, a musical success would have been leaving a legacy behind. Right, like knowing that I've inspired people, knowing that I've you know helped cultivate different genres, different trends, different styles, knowing that I've helped contribute to artists' careers and their successes, like just leaving that legacy behind. You're a really giving guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, because a lot of people aren't that selfless. People yeah. are like, you know, well, what's in it for me? You well, know, that's fair. I. I want to ask, are there um, two questions, kind of um, two sides of the coin. Are, is there an artist that you have not yet worked with that you want to, to draw vocals on your music? Um, locally, you mean? Or? Uh, both, both locally and internationally. Locally, <laughs> I mean, you, you work you work with quite a few. Quite, quite a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't really think so, to be honest, because I I feel like a lot of the artists that I've wanted to work with too, like even though uh, there isn't public work. Oh yeah, like mm-hmm. there's stuff in the vault. So like we've already worked and we have songs together. Right, and it's like, right. Okay, you know I'm I'm content with whether they put out this like songs or, or not. not. Yeah, it's like we've worked. You know, like we've we've had that connection. We've vibe. You know, we got a trap. Like, that that's awesome. Man. Yeah. So locally, there isn't really anyone that's coming to mind. Honestly, that is like you know like yeah, that, yeah, I wanna yeah. actually. Maybe Amanda Reefer. Yeah, you like to work with Amanda? Yeah, I okay. would like to work with Amanda Reefer. I feel mm-hmm. like Amanda Reefer has like a really unique sound, mm-hmm. vocal-wise. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that I would be able to craft something for her, utilizing her vocals that would push her in a whole right. other like, So that's what I would sphere. say. That, that, if that you just, were like, my creative side like, would love to do that. If you were with Amanda, like, let it be like something that we've not heard, heard or that we're yeah. not going to expect yeah exactly like, that way outside the box exactly like, that's, that's, how, that's what I would think yeah, about that's I, dope. yeah just um, sonically I feel like her vocals with what I would bring mm-hmm. would create like a whole new live vibe that people wouldn't expect that's cool mm. but like yeah that's and awesome maybe stuff. yeah maybe only Amanda Reefer locally um globally there's there's a lot of different artists because I'd be tapping into like a lot of different scenes and like you know genres and stuff. So there are honestly quite a few, um, but more so underground. Right. Yeah, I'm more so leaning toward wanting to work with like underground artists, like you know, 
Um, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Any reason why underground as opposed to mainstream? I mean, I would work with mainstream too if that happens, if mm-hmm. that opportunity was to raise. Like, yeah, for sure. But underground because um, more so for culture. I feel like. If you really try the underground of any scene, like literally any scene in any genre, the underground always has the richness, you know what I mean? The real is really yeah, yeah. the real core. Yeah, the machine ain't getting involved yet, so of course yeah. that'll be the best. That'll yeah. be the purest form so, so of it, right? Me, right. For no me, I, I like to go I, I like to go to the source. I want to like, top into it. Like when people come to Barbados, they're like, yeah, I don't I know Carmi and Boxers Road. That that's really tourists want. I began Boxers <laughs> Road. Yeah, you know. You know? know? Correct. We get oysters. We want authentic. No, you're right. I feel you on that. We want got St. Joseph and Rosa Bradford. We want Rosa Bradford. Yeah. I feel you, bro. So like there are too many underground artists that like, you know, I've been kinda peeping and stuff, but Mm -hmm. yeah. Um yeah, no. you, you should recommend. I mean, you don't have to do it on on pod, but you should recommend. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. 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 For the last couple months, yeah, I would say. Nobody's mm-hmm. safe was actually just to like, all right, yeah, let's just get the ball rolling in 2023, you know, new year. Let me just put this out. But before that, majority of the focus has really been on uh, this album that I want to put out this year. Okay. So yeah. what are you trying to say? Nobody's safe was a throwaway and the main the main album is what's coming out in summer? Yeah, that's crazy, bro. How much music, music, dude? Like, you just be steady, be making music. Yeah, I literally make music every single day. If if there's a day that I don't make music, it's because I'm tired or I just like want rest or you know what I mean. But like making music has been so like integrated in my day to day processes. Like if I'm not making a beat, I working on a mix. Like I listening to something, like pulling together something. Like you know what I mean, like. I'm always just working on music. Like, mm-hmm. It's so, a part of your fabric, man. Yeah. So she's machine, man. That's when I start calling you, bro. <laughs> music yeah, making machine. But I want to give a shout out too to like a couple of my close bros that mm-hmm. I work with as well. Yeah, man. Um, that's really like Pasta Herbs, Nine, Chris Rose, um, Simon Paris. Uh, these guys really talented producers and they themselves like they've been putting their work to and they've been contributing to like the local culture here and stuff too so like you know just working with them collabing with them like that keeps me going to you know and like we all kind of just been working just doing our things is there any competition amongst local producers in the space you guys well, work well together yeah like yeah it's not, <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I've, I've had experiences that, like, with other people, you know. What I yeah. Mean? So it's like these people that I work, you know, is who I cool and content working with because they're just genuinely yeah. cool people that love making music too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But yeah, amongst us, I wouldn't think there's any competition. Like we're all just trying to like get better and just like top into different scenes and you know like. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting that you say that because just recently I was thinking about like why we've never done a collab with another podcast 
because you would think you would think that you know we exist in the same space so maybe let's come together and you know connect and do something but to your point i do think that there's a lot of competition and and we kind of think that the space can only be big enough for one or few players when really and truly we come together you know i leverage my following you leverage your following we all be great right yeah yeah. but people don't think like that it's unfortunate pretty much yeah it's unfortunate so yeah shout out to those guys man yeah for sure man for For sure yeah so uh shiz um Mm -hmm. this has been uh, I think we're gonna wrap now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been really good having you on um, as we continue to explore what um, this local scene has got to offer. You gotta go and listen to Shay's work. Um, his m- most recent release is um, "Nobody's Safe," just released about what about a month ago? About about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah about, about a month, month ago. Yeah, about right? a month ago. Yeah. Um, Shout I, out to the person that did the artwork. Artwork is it? Yeah, okay, yeah, cover. my that's uh, Tavin Carter. Tevin He's Carter. also a local guy here, really talented. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah man. So that's I mean, well, Spotify for me. Um, Apple music. Apple for music for you. So yeah. wherever you listen, you should be able to get that. Yeah. Definitely give that a listen. And are we looking forward to hearing that stuff this summer, man? Yeah, man. Um, I got a few other surprises, though, to be honest. Like, 2023 is really the year that I'm just going to, like, put out work, you know? So I got a beat tape as well that I want to put out down the line, which is just mm. going to be pure instrumentation and another mistake. So, yeah. <laughs> so, there's, Bro. So, so there's stuff to come. Yeah, there's stuff to come. All right, sweet, yeah. sweet, 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 sweet. This has been Stat Pockets Glaze. That's I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm using my original name today, right? <laughs> Here with Trezale, and we've been interviewing our boy Shiz. Yo, yo. Boom, 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 boom. for the Wireheads podcast. Um, you make sure that you tune in with us next time. We out. We out. Peace. Peace.